Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Welcome back to take two of the Real Triathlon Podcast. Yeah. Um, guys, talk for about it? 10 minutes and then it deleted itself. So now we're just mad and we're just going to start over. Well, <laughs> so... so- uh, yeah, Zoom just quit on me and I'm the recording artist here. So we just lost everything. So fast forward to what we were talking about, St. Anthony's Triathlon, which is an iconic race for uh, Jackson and I over the past five years, I think. That's where we met each other the first time, which we didn't mention that earlier. So it's a good thing we're redoing uh, yeah, it. Yeah, we did. Um, I was like, Nick was like trying to make friends and stuff. And I was like, hey, we can be friends. And he's like, all right. I was like, hey, let's go get some barbecue. All right, let's get some barbecue. Yeah, that um, was that. But, but yeah, so we're just going to go right quick through our race, and then we'll get into a little bit of stuff about um, Ironman World. World Championship, which is awesome. And we'll talk about how Garrick is done school. So now he's only got two jobs, so we expect him to be ranked world probably top five or six by the end of the year at least. Yeah, three so, races, all 100 points. That is the plan. Yeah. So anyhow, so, so Schmidt St. Schmanthony's, um, arguably the best, the best Olympic distance triathlon in the world. Yeah. I'll say, I'd it. say so. It's the, it's been 39 years. This is the 39th year. It was, it was actually running. Yeah. So that's crazy. $50,000 purse. So still really good winner. The winner men and female, they both get 10 K. So it pays heavily to those who are victorious. It's awesome to pay a deep, take good care of you. Homestay program is awesome. They'll transport you around. They'll feed you. They'll give you a pat on the back. They'll give you a sandwich. They'll cater your lunch at the pro meeting. It's, it's awesome. But this year, holy crap. I think Jack, you and I had our best performances and we got kicked back about six positions each. <laughs> yeah. We just got screwed, man. That was awesome. Those boys were flying, but, um, yeah, we raced neck and neck together for the whole swim bike as usual, pretty much. And, uh, you know, very similar race to what we did before, but just, you know, back a bunch of spots. So we, uh, I actually think, I, I almost think we had a better swim. Like we were right yeah. in there where we needed to be. And then the front guys were just pushing it. There's a collegiate swimmer who ended up finishing 10th, whose name I forget. And I should have looked up by now, but I didn't. And he pulled Ben Canute and Mark Dubrick away from everybody. And they Gregory like Harper, 17. Gregory Harper. So I heard from somebody that he's a collegiate swimmer or was, and he's obviously very fast. And uh, so him and Mark Dubrick and Ben Canute all swam like 17, 15 to 17, 25. And then the main lead group was like Matt Sharp, Matt McElroy, and a few other, or Eric Lagerstrom and a bunch of other guys. And they were all like 18 low or so. And then our group was like 17 low. So or sorry, 19 low. Um, so those groups were all kind of a minute apart. And, you know, unfortunately we were kind of a little, little far down that we wanted. I, I, when I got on the bike, my dad was kind of like just past the mount line and he said, we're a minute and 50 down, um, from oh, the leader. So I was like, Oh geez, that's a big old gap. <laughs> yeah. Pulling two minutes back for 70.3 usually takes you about an hour. Yeah. So I figured, you know, if it was going to be a chance to be up in the in contention, it would have to happen on the run for me. But 
that's work on the bike. We were, you know, me, Nick, um, Steve McKenna and Jason West were all kind of in the same group there that ended up, I think we were the ones who stayed together for the bike kind of, right? Yeah. Well, so we ended up, so you took off, I think after like the, the 15 mile mark, you got like a night, probably like a 10 second gap. You passed that group of like six, which was the group ahead of us in the swim um, on that long stretch. And I was already pushing like 350 just to keep everyone nearby. So I just, I I backed off, but then I passed them about five or six minutes later, but you had still a good gap. And then we kind of like lost Jason, uh, Jason and McKenna stayed with us. And then, and then everyone else just happened to come in transition at the same time, just by riding us together. I don't know if they were 20 meters, by the way, when I passed and I was like, you dirty scoundrels. Yeah. I noticed that too. It didn't quite seem 20, but I mean, it's new for all of us to be 20 meters at a USAT race. So, so that was like, they were like, Oh, guess what's new for this race? 20 meter draft zone. And then I was like, well, what if, can you, can't you ride next to each other or something in USAT? They're like, Oh yeah, you got a two meter wide draft zone too. So (laughs) I was like, so that was just like a thousand questions after that. <laughs> so, it's, so it's like, so 20 meters doesn't really exist because you can ride near each other. I don't even know the rules now after that race. Yeah. So everyone just treated it like basically normal, like 15 draft rules with the 20 meter zone ish. So, I mean, that was kind of the way it was, but when we, so when we got off the bike, I was in fifth, Ben Canute was way off the front. And then there was, Lagerstrom, Sharp, and I think um the Brazilian guy who ended up ninth. Yeah. Pimentel, I think his name was. Uh they were they were kind of about a minute or two behind Ben Canute. And then so Sharp, like Matt Sharp biked unreal. Like that's awesome for him just starting in his non-drafting. And he rode with Lagerstrom. I talked to them after they were like kind of going back and forth working together, and that's just what they needed to do because they got themselves right up there in contention. And then it was me. And then I had a few second lead, but then it was like Nick, Jason West, Matt McElroy, and Steve McKenna, all right there, Mark Dubrick. And so I got past probably 800 meters into the run by three guys right away. Like, and I was running pretty good. And McKenna and McElroy and West just blew by me. And I was like, holy, these guys are moving. Um, yeah, I was just- running 520 per mile. And everyone's leaving me behind. I'm like, fuck my life right now. What is happening? They're going to come back. They're going to come back. Nope. And I looked over the bridge and I was like, they're gone. Can't see them. It was pretty nuts. It was, you know, it was that. And, and McKenna ended up kind of slowing back down and we almost ran the same speed, but West and McElroy were just flying. Yeah. And I kind of get to the U-turn at 5k and I literally had no idea what was going to happen because it's, Canute still got a decent lead, but then Sharp is like maybe 30 seconds, 45 seconds behind him. And then like a few seconds behind him is Lagerstrom. And then you got McElroy and Wes just like pushing each other, running so fast. And they weren't that far behind. And I'm like, dude, this is going to all come together. And then uh, McKenna and I were kind of like, I, I passed Pimentel. And then me and McKenna were just kind of like running slowish compared to the front guys. We ended up six, seven. Lagerstrom ended up fifth. And then basically what happened was west and mcelroy got to like close striking distance in the last like mile and mcelroy just like took off after those guys after sharp and canute and west couldn't go with them and then 
the three dudes all came together with a quarter mile to go. That's what Canute said. And they all just freaking sprinted. And that was the end of it. Sharp had the big stride and he just took it. It was freaking awesome. So unreal Jackson, the sprint after your finish, after your win at Oceanside between Lionel and Rudy, and then the sprint almost with uh, freaking Hoffman and Ditlev at Texas. And now this race, like you've, I've never seen so many close finishes at, three back-to-back weekend races unreal yeah it's crazy man it's just getting so close and you just like you go back and look and i ended up running 32 14 and like five guys outran me and that was my best run on that course by like over a minute yeah it was nuts and it's just you know i ended up i think i was 215 behind the win and i was seventh and you know it's like i didn't actually have a bad race and like you play that race out a few times in the bike packs work out different or i just have a one percent better day and maybe i'm right up in the top three like who knows it's that close now and it's super exciting because guys are stepping up like lagerstrom he had a couple of rougher years and now he's like really back on his game better than ever and he's like right in the mix he was only 30 seconds behind the win and and west was only 10 seconds like those guys were all right there so that was crazy nick you had a ripper race for sure yeah, like you ran really good um, for sure. I, I think compared to previous years too. Yeah, I think we just didn't have another gear. You know, those guys for sure did. Uh, like I was stuck at kind of like seventy point three leg speed and everything, but I was still happy to finish what I did. Honestly, like I, anytime you can go to an Olympic race and just know that you left everything out there, you're finished where you finish. I mean, especially compared to those talented fellows. Um, women's race too. Paula just dominated seemed like the whole course like had a huge lead was it two minutes or something she won by no they ended up bringing back quite a bit um okay amelia watkinson i believe ended up within 45 seconds or so okay oh she's a third rip who was third um i didn't even recognize amy, amy sloan was third yeah sloan who was dating she ran great uh, i think she's dating robbie deckard and i think megan foley came in fourth who like her bike was destroyed to like a day before and somebody overnighted her a trek speed concept so she could race like she didn't that's have a bike cool. like at the pro meeting she did not have a bike <laughs> yeah that's insane i didn't realize that that um, she was the one who lost the bike uh leslie came in well, it was sixth right six yeah because in our <laughs> real tri squad post we it said seventh and i was like what Ooh, oh it was set six i didn't know that okay sweet I'm pretty sure it was sixth um and she ran freaking great man under 35 minutes like that's ripping yeah and she was she's and she was just so mad because she's her bike handling is just getting better and better but still she's still frustrated with its like progression so i think he's finally gonna adjust her front mantis position because you know like that course has so many weaving things like if your focal point of your bar is like on your elbow on your pads you're just kind of unstable. Yeah. So I, yeah, I you think need your pads good. to be angled with your forearms. Yeah. Um, for sure. So that's, and you know what, like it's also, and I realized this for myself, it's like the course doesn't suit you. It doesn't suit you. Like it's flat and technical. And like, I had a pretty good bike for sure, but I know if that's a hilly bike, it's a totally different ball game. Oh yeah. into that run. So you know, it's, it's an awesome race. I don't know if I'll go back next year or not, but I'll be back someday at least because it's freaking epic and Garrick's going to go and he's going to freaking crush it next year. I think Garrick, you're, uh, you're, you know, partying every night now you're graduated, you're done with your masters. 
Yeah, let's hear about that. Talk about yourself for a couple seconds here, bud. Yeah, it's done. The 27 years of school is over, finally. 27, eh? School. Yeah, you just always been in school. It's been Enrolled crazy. at birth. Yeah. Hey, I started daycare at five months and graduated my, from my master's at 27. So. Daycare? Yeah. Did you really go to daycare at five months old? Yeah. Yeah, I was born in April. My mom had to go back to work in September, so. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so what do you certify? What was your degree? Well, now I have a master's in science, a master's of science in orthotics and prosthetics. So now it's just time to do my residency. Um, I'll probably be working part-time in my residency and finally going to be able to like dedicate myself to the sport for an extended period of time. So I'm really excited to see what that happens. Honestly, I thought I'd be in a different position physically when I made this. Um, didn't think I'd be in one of the, you know, some of the worst shape I've ever been in because of two surgeries, but we'll see. Well, you, can, back. you can get some prosthetics for that. Yeah. Or some orthotics probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I had a hip brace, but that's oh. not going to make me go faster. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think that's worth talking about how you've uh, been training. Last time we saw you, um, you had done a few runs outside, we saw a picture of it. So like was proof. Um, have you had success regression? What's been going on? Yeah, it's been really up and down. Uh, if you asked me eight weeks ago where I'd be now, I'd say, well, yeah, I'd be up, you know, four runs a week or something like that. Um, the biggest week I think I've been able to do is two weeks is two runs in a week. Um, and with, I think my biggest run workout was eight times 90 seconds steady. And that set me back like a week. Um, um Hey, so what about like alter G's or any different types of running environments that could sustain or limit the impact? Yeah. So I was looking into that. The treadmill was doing pretty well, uh, for me. And then the console broke, uh, which it's coming. We're getting a new one. It's on its way. Nordtrack sending us one. Uh, it's kind of their fault for some, it's a software issue that can't be patched oh. and you have to replace the entire console for it, which sounds well, a little get a lever on that bad boy. Yeah, that is something I was thinking about. Um, but they're freaking expensive, man. I can get you a pro deal. Okay. 10% off just 10 posts. I can't a day. disclose it, but it's worth <laughs> it. And you don't have to post they're, they're, They take care of pro athletes who need it. Trust me. They're good people. Yeah, no, that's definitely something to look into. Um, yeah, for sure. But last month has been like absolutely insane between finishing up my capstone and then we had our exit exams, which <laughs> I knew that, I knew <laughs> I that was going to happen. I could see him looking out the window in the camera. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So the last month has been absolutely insane between finishing up my capstone and, uh, then we had exit exams, which is four days of basically six hours of exams, like entirely comprehensive from everything we learned. So that was you're pretty, gonna notice a huge, huge acceleration in your recovery just by being able to sleep and just not be stressed. I guarantee it. Yeah, because you've never I, almost ever had like how many was it? Was it just the one summer where you? didn't have a job and you just trained was that the only time you ever did that like or is it no much just once it. or twice i did it my last year of junior um i think i did it four summers almost where i well, well the one you were going back and forth to windsor and you had a lot going on too 
Yeah. Uh, the last time I did it, my mom was when she was going through the cancer stuff. So I was back and forth from Windsor quite a bit, but I noticed always like those four months, I would get really fit by like the end of the four months. And then it was time to mm-hmm. go back. Yeah. It takes and, like, that's what it takes to start noticing. Right. Yeah. So and it's going to so be good, hoping, man. I'm hoping, you know, I can dedicate myself. And like, even when I was online for school, I got super fit and then, you know, Haines city got canceled, but I was, that's when I was biking at the best I'd ever biked at. Um, and my running just started to come around at that point. Um, and then I held it through the winter and, and you ran that 112 half marathon or something, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you uh, did. everything by the end of the winter, everything was indicating like I probably could have run a 110, 109 open. Yeah. And then obviously everything in Texas happened with my hips and then everything was kind of downhill from there. So I feel like I've had a, a rough go at like the long course stuff. And I feel I'm hoping this is like going to turn the tide and, you know, I'll be an effective racer and make a difference so, in the race. So what's your plan then? You're going to, are you able to train pretty hard swim bike right now and um, kind of just see, not rush the run and then maybe plan races like are you still hoping to try to get to clash Watkins Glen? yeah yeah i'm gonna i think <laughs> i think clash i'm definitely clash Watkins Glen. i think I'm, I'm committed to going whether i'm racing or not like i'll be there supporting the team no matter what i don't you're racing i don't care if you're on a tricycle <laughs> but i hope i would hope that like my swim and my bike will be you know, competitive at that point for sure. And then the run, we'll just see where it lies. And, um, but I'm planning to end my season late, probably yeah. in January. So I'm hoping, you know, I'll get some. Yeah. So there's no rush. I mean, if you, if uh, that'd be great if you can go to clash and do what you can. And then if you're not really getting into fitness until September, October, that's like perfect. Yeah. yeah clash exactly. is just going to be like, let's see if racing makes you re-injured and then we'll know. Yeah. <laughs> The big thing, the big thing about clash would just be like, can I tolerate a 16, a 10 mile run? <laughs> we'll yeah. see if I get there yet, but I, I think it was, it was a, recovery. That was a half. Recovery. It's a full half. Oh, is it? Yeah. Even oh, better. <laughs> it's a full distance half. Well, we gotta get, we'll see if I can tolerate 10 miles and then we'll move to the half. Um, yeah. So yeah, you better do 10 miles a week before and make a decision. Yeah. Um, but that's good, man. I'm stoked that you can dedicate to it a bit. And then, so you're going to be working obviously with your program and what's that going to be like half time hours, 20 hours or something like that. You think your placements? Yeah, it'll be three days a week. I think, um, just three, I'll probably do one like big day and then just two other standard nine hour work days. There you go. There she be. It's still going to be like 30 hours. Which is still part time, right? Not in Europe, but in North America. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. All right, so that's awesome. Now we should probably move on to this Ironman World Championship because this is what everyone is just talking about right now, and no, it's pretty cool because it's the first time ever there's been an Ironman World Championship not in Kona, so it's really you know big question mark on how things are going to go based on people's other performances. Um, Obviously, the course is something that Nick knows super well. Nick, give us a quick rundown on the course, and then we'll go into 
you know, how that's going to play the race, play into effect in the results and who's going to do what we think. And then we'll be super wrong about our predictions and it'll be great. No way. We're going to be on it. Um, so the, Jackson, you've raced the half here enough to know that this time of year, May, May-ish, beginning of May, the weather is completely unpredictable. So the course is the course. Um, I would say the road is pretty darn good for most of it. It's one of the hillier, I'd say in, in the circuit of Ironman, that's not extreme triathlon. It probably has the most extreme tri credentials for a world championship. And in my opinion, it's, it's going to be, it's going to break a lot of people, especially the old age group conglomerate who just can't live here. Um, it's what near seven, seven thousand, seven and a half thousand feet of climbing on the bike. Um, the that's water crazy. temperature. How much is that meters? That's what? 2000 plus meters, 2200 meters or something. It might be a little less than that, but probably close to it. Um, water temperature is always variable. Like if the wind, the wind can kick up and it's, I've, this has been like the windiest last four or five weeks that I've ever seen it here. And even those who came out for training camps for weeks on end, they were just getting blasted every day by 20 to 30 mile an hour winds. Um, and years ago, when this was a full distance race here, and the reason why it got canceled, I believe, is because it was just too tough. The, I, the, there was like three foot swells in the reservoir, which is normally freaking placid. Um, the wind can whip up and change everything drastically. A storm came in last year, um, even on us when we were racing and just hailed and rained all over us, blew us into barriers. It was nuts. Uh, it was Stormageddon. But um, the swim is going to be cold water. Usually it's like 58 to 63 degrees, depending on, you know, wind and heat. And then the run course, like, I think it's one of the tougher run courses because it's like a steady down for like almost the first six miles. Actually, you got to climb up, then you got to steady down. But on the way back, the hills are pretty furious. And then you got to do it again. And I can't imagine it being a fast, fast run course. Um, it's a, it's, I would say it's a power course. It's not going to be a speed course. So anyone who can just be powerful and sustain that near three hour marathon, um, you know, strength and maybe use the downhills probably to their advantage a little bit more. You can't be afraid of the downhills. It's not technical, but there are a couple climbs on the bike, obviously snow Canyon, you're going to hit around mile hundred, which is just brutal. Um, that's about like what a four and a half or something mile climb. Um, with various grades between like six to 10% or something, maybe I'm not an expert on the grades, but they're steep. Um, and then there's a wall area it's called it's way out there. It's a big climb at mile 80. Um, and then you could be facing a notorious headwind for like 40 to 50 miles at that point. So all in all, this is a course that deserves respect of a championship course and the predictions have been out for a little while. They have, they've been redone since so there's a lot of dropouts, but obviously predictions are going crazy right now. Um, I'll be working the event. I'll be on the broadcast. So I can't wait to be out there. And the fact that it's happening in my hometown is just the coolest thing ever. So you're like, obviously the probably main expert on this course, which is really cool. Um, we'll get into all the stuff you've been doing for Ironman and, and, doing to help people as this event has approached um but just listening to the course description like i think like this is gonna be just brutal on the age groupers like yeah. it's gonna be 
crazy. Like the pros, there's going to be a high, just like there always is at world champs. A lot of people are going to blow up and, you know, not be able to run well uh, for the last 10 miles or so, but uh, just a quick peek at my wet, just a weather app here, just as a guest, it's pretty far out. We're looking five days out right now, but it was saying this wind, it's not going to be super hot. It was saying, you know, like not crazy 28 Celsius cloudy. And it was saying strong winds of like high twenties miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's St. George. And obviously when you're up in hurricane and whatnot, if that's where the bike course goes, yeah, it's going to be even windier. So um, that's going to be crazy. And it could play a definite factor on the descents. Like who's going to be comfortable bombing those descents when it's windy um yeah it's you know it's gonna be crazy well in earlier predictions this week the weather the temperatures are probably still going to change um there was showing like a a chilly weekend maybe like the day after the race it was going to drop into the 70s or something but now that's changing again um but now it's predicted in the 90s at the peak of the day but the good news is it's friday saturday isn't it it's a saturday race just saturday okay yeah the good news is you've got a very like steady climb in heat. So you're going to start the race and it'll be like, you know, high fifties, low sixties. It'd be nice and chill. You're going to get probably two or three hours of good temperatures of riding. It's not going to heat up until the run. So you need to make sure you preload all that bike hydration and electrolytes. So you don't just bleed it out on the run. Cause it's so dry here. It just evaporates. Um, so that's kind of the main part of it, but you guys had the predictions up. Um, what do you, what are the predictions telling you based on Thorsten? Um, and then also, what do you, how do you two feel this is going to play out? Um, I watched your course preview, which was really, really good. And uh, I'm going to link that in the something in the show notes. But I think it's it's going to be a it's going to be a bikers race for sure. I, I don't think the swim is going to all the climbing on the bike and everything. I don't think the swim is going to play that big of a role um plus the wetsuit talking about yeah plus the dog is brutal (laughs) he's loud i've been there in person he's like he's the loudest bark i've ever seen on a dog he gets after it he's not even a big dog he's 65 pounds he's a german shepherd though so he's full-on testosterone massive eater yeah, but then he's scared of a little 20 pound, stupid little shitty Lauren's dog. Not really, but yeah, he's shitty scared of everything. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, okay. I think the strongest, I think like, the strongest guys, I think the Norwegians are going to take it um, personally. And that is what the predictions are. I think Thorsten has Blumenfeld winning by like two seconds, but um, I would, I'm going to put Eden ahead of Blumenfeld. That's going to be my call. They were sick with colds, by the way, this past week oh yeah i saw like triathlete.com or something making fun of it it was pretty funny yeah everyone i feel like, like everyone's sick with a cold well the, 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 the seasons are changing mainly when allergies are really high right now yeah uh you know what i saw cam worth hasn't pulled out yet uh nick have you seen him around no he won't show up he's probably just like only traveling at night under the cover of darkness and you won't hear from him. That guy is such a ghost and he'll lie to you. I've heard like, <laughs> he'll literally be like, Oh no, I'm not going to make it. And then he shows up. It's yeah. Crazy. He's on the start line, like race morning. You're like, you've been here this whole time. You bastard. 
Yeah, he likes to fly under the radar, but yeah, I I agree with Garrick there. Um, it caught, of course, Norwegians probably are the favorites. Um, but who would you say for top five could sneak in there, uh, Garrick? Are you on the Lionel train, or you think it's going to be maybe Alistair? Like, who knows? There's a lot of guys who have the potential. I think Lionel can sneak in for a top five. Um, I don't know. Don't forget Sam Long. He's freaking crushing. Yeah, I was. I already. Oh had yeah, him what in the heck? Five. Sam Long's not even on here. Well, he's ranked like way down there for finishing. That's honestly, I would put Sam Long on the podium. I know he got hit by a car and he was sick, um, but I think Sam is like feeling good and I think he's ready. I would put Sam Long on the podium. Sorry, Lionel. I would put you in the top five. But I, think- I heard I heard Sam yeah. simulates getting hit by a car in training often, so he's ready for it when it really happens. So I'm not worried about Sam Long's car scramble at all. He's fine. No, uh, I think he's good. ready. Um, I think, oh, man. Hanson, I- too. I've seen Hanson when he was here. The dude is like the fittest I've seen that man look in his entire life. Yeah, no, he's for sure, like, I think, going to surprise. So I do think Gustav Eden's going to win, um, and Christian will probably be second. But then there's Daniel Backegaard, right? Like, how do you – How do you count that guy out? Like, he's so yeah. good, too. But I do think that um, Sam's a really good bet. Like, he's so strong. I'm worried – like – he hasn't quite had an Ironman that's like super, super impressive. Like, like the Norwegians or even like Lionel's race in Florida. Like, I don't think Sam's quite had one where he really has like that peak day, but I do think he can. Um, Florida lane. Yeah. It was really hot. Like it was really good, but it was hard to know because nobody really showed up and like had the day to challenge him. You know what I mean? Well, the Europeans, man, Europeans are next level. I feel like people always have this discussion about Sam and they're always like, you know, this guy just like, he just has improved himself. He's just not there. I'm like, dude, he's but, there. But like, I don't, I don't know. I think he'll be top five or, or right in the round fifth. I do think Lionel's going to finish ahead of Sam though. So you and I will disagree on that one. Okay. I think Lionel's going to be a, a five or so minutes in the end ahead. He'll beat Sam maybe by a second, maybe by a few minutes, but I think he'll get ahead of him. <laughs> I hope he does. I hope he does. But I think Sam's just Sam's on fire. I mean, Lionel might be peaking at the right time and we haven't seen much from him. Um, but I, I don't think Sam, yeah. Here's I Dark hate- Horse. Here's my, my Dark Horse pick. I, I do think Matt Hansen, but my other one is Leon Chevalier because yeah. that dude can ride a freaking bike like crazy. And he's a pretty good runner and he's only getting better. So I saw firsthand what he can do on a really tough bike course in Mallorca. He freaking ro- rode with Cam Worth, and then he ro- runs like 250 off of it. And I think he's only getting better. So I do think he has an outside chance of sneaking into like a fifth place spot. The run prediction is 243 on this course, which is insane. It's so hard, this course. I think it'll happen, dude. I think it will. My dark yeah. horse, my third place is Keenley. Ooh. Really? Oh. I've, he's like my hero I've, when is i started your, the sport he was my hero still is. is that your third place or your dark horse no he's my third third place okay. keenly i don't think he'll really be a dark horse because he's ranked fourth okay okay so keenly is not a dark horse he's my third i think okay i think 
Hoffman just raced. There's no way he could pull that off again. Or the marathon, at least. Uh, I'm going to say Daniel Backgaard second. Oh, wow. I'm going to say probably Gustav first. Yeah, I think we have a consensus on that. All right. I'll just go the whole top five. Might as well say it. I'm going to go Eden, Blumenfeld, Lionel, Hansen, Chevalier. That's my top five. Oof. All right. I guess I should give my top five. So it'd be Gustav, Christian, Sam Long. Mm-hmm. You heard that here first. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> Sam Long's a dark horse for sure. He's then I'm going to go. Then I think I'm going to go. I know there's a lot of bias here, um, North American bias, but I'm going Lionel and then Matt Hansen. No, Matt Hansen and then Lionel. Nice. I'd love to see this play out like we think. I mean, I think Bakagar is a great pick too. Alistair, we didn't even barely mention Alistair Brownlee. Like, damn it. How could we do that? I He hasn't proved himself yet. Uh, I, I agree. I think he's, he's going to not be able to put the run together. He's got to raise patient. If he raises patient – doesn't try to push at the front pretty much at all on the bike and just follows the pace. I think he has a good chance, but we'll see. Um, I still, I think he would have a shot at the top five. I don't think he's in discussion for the win. All right. Okay. Now let's go to the women then. So there's our top fives for the men, women. um, Unfortunately, a lot of dropouts. So we should mention Joe Skipper, obviously out. Um, because of COVID, and he's just not – he wasn't able to get back into – I didn't know he was going to be in the women's race. <laughs> yeah, I don't no. – you know, he probably would if he could. Uh, <laughs> so, women's field, Laura Phillip, who was possibly the favorite, world rank number one, out with COVID, which sucks. Um, but we still have a really strong field. So, as, as Thorsten has it, we've got – Annie Howe, Danielle Reef, Kat Matthews, Sky Munch, Heather Jackson, Lisa Norton, Jocelyn McCauley, uh, Vanilla Langridge, Lindsay Corbin, and Gruzzi Laralde of Spain. That's the top 10 predictions. So, Man. what about Ruth Assel? I can't believe she's not up in there. Yeah. She's 12, ranked 12th. Yeah. I think she'll do better than that. I do yeah. too, man. I mean, Ruth is just, she's, she's on a nice, on a great level right now. Um, she's been training in Flagstaff, so she's going to have massive altitude benefits. Yeah. Um, Heather Jackson also, like, she has the, such a stellar run that she could bring it back. I mean, she and plus, she, she can go in. Like, even talking to Eric, who knows her really well, or Legerstrom, just saying, like, he's never seen her just, like, go into it so hard, just eight weeks out, full on, everything catered about the race. I think she's got a great chance. Uh, Kat Matthews, obviously coming in, just having such a successful last couple of years. Um, yeah, she's so good. Swam next to her today, which is great. That's the best part about having everyone in town and get to see them for see what they look like stroking underwater. If they got like some secret motors, they don't, so they're good. But Kat could be it. Lisa Norton on the bike's probably gonna crush. Yeah, and swim, and oh man. It's a, it's tough to predict. Like I'm gonna I feel go like some of the depth, some of the depth was just missing in this race a little bit on I guess both sides. Um, 
just I think because there's two world champs and obviously yeah. Jan getting injured and um, people getting sick, it just kind of it made it a little bit open, which is crazy. But well, Lucy too, Lucy being injured. Of course, yeah. yeah. That's like there's your top two favorites there, or top top favorite of men and women gone. So I actually think Cat Matthews is going to get the win on this. All right, who? Okay, so Jack, go through, go through your top five. I think it's going to be, oh, yeah, Cat, and then Annie Haug. I think just Cat is just she's so balanced, like she can run fast too, and that's she's just a weapon. So yeah, then Annie Haug, then. I do think that um, I do think Heather's going to have a really good race. I don't know if she'll be third, though. I think Sky's going to have a good race. You know what? I just Man. feel like I feel like Daniela Reef is due to like show she's still in it. Damn it. I was going to say that. I think she's I think she's going to be third because this is like OG Daniela race field minus um, Kat Matthews. Like Daniela has raced and lisa like she's raced all of these female athletes um you know lucy and some of the others who have dropped out or were like the wild cards right that yeah kind of kicked back changed daniela's game so i would yeah, love i think i think she's gonna be on the podium and then i think it's gonna be heather jackson and lisa norton okay jet Ger- gerald all right I'm going to go Kat Matthews for the win. Um, it's hard to bet against her right now, just with everyone who's dropped out. Second, I am going to go – I'm going to go Sky Monch for second. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm going to go Lisa Norton for third. Oof. And I'm going, to put Ruth, I'm going to put Ruth Astle fourth. And uh, just to be different, who didn't I say yet? Any Haugie haven't said. I know, but I'm going to put her and Danielle out of the top five just to be different. Uh, um, and then, sorry. I feel like I should have put said, Ruth in there. That was a mistake. I said, said Ruth in fourth. And then fifth. Um, did I say Heather yet? No. Heather in fifth. Okay. Good calls, good picks. Um, I'm gonna go for the win. I think Anne How she, she's gonna. I think Annie Howe's gonna win. Um, haven't heard much from her. She's been driving her hard right into the old race winning circle. I think that's she will. Happen. She's like a Patrick Langa who just focuses on the race and just kills it. Yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna go. It's tough because I, they're both similar in kind of like trajectory, but I'm gonna go Sky second. Then I'm gonna go Ruth, then Heather, and then Kat. Ooh, yeah. The, I feel whoever, like I should have put Ruth in the top five, but I said what I said. I think Ruth would be sixth then. Wh- whoever gets the closest wins ten dollars. Whoever is the third um, screwed it up completely has to do a podcast without any pants on done <laughs> i think garrick just does that every time anyway <laughs> i didn't know we were supposed to wear pants for this thing <laughs> so, so that's it uh, how do we decide who does best well i mean i guess we if five we get, points. Like, whoever's closest <laughs> whoever we'll gets like at it and 
one out of three or two out of three, whatever. I mean, that's how. Like whoever gets the most and whoever predicts the most top fives. Okay, I got it. Yeah, whoever predicts most of the top five, and if you you get a bonus point if you guess their place exact. Yeah, you get two extra points. Just one. Okay. One bonus. One bonus. All right, cool. Well, that's pretty much what we got. I mean, oh, I do want to hear Nick. What are you doing for all this stuff for Iron Man? Like you said, yeah, you, like, everybody's been talking to me like nonstop. It's been crazy. Like you're the most famous person in St. George until the race. <laughs> happens, so so talk it's, it. it's actually been pretty fun. Like I, I've kind of designated myself as wanting to be able to help everyone. That's kind of why I made that bike course recon thing and put it out there. Like if anyone has questions, let me know. But Now it's not like a big secret to most pros who live here that I do, you know, have connections. I can tell you where to go for massage, bike shops, food, all the stuff you a pro athlete would need. So that's really been the majority of just setting people up, helping them with physios, some, someone fractured their foot. So they had to get x-rays. So like just texts and back and forth conversations, that's been pretty fun to do. And I'm happy that I was able to become the unofficial triathlon mayor. Um, And then also working with like, other organizations to build like a separate expo for companies who couldn't get in the Ironman expo. Um, we're doing that with, with fellow bike shop owner at rapid cycling. Um, going to do the blue 70 since I, I manage blue 70 social media, we're going to set up, I'm not going to set up, but it's been set up so that there's going to be a coffee boat at the swim course on Wednesday and Thursday. So you can go out there just like you would at Kona and do some coffee stuff. I've set up all the, the coffee all the tables, um, precision hydration is going to be here at the expo. They're bringing all their pros. They got a house, slow twitch might do a party, um, food trucks. Anyways, it's been awesome. And then my buddy, TJ Eisenhart painted a mural for Iron Man, And he used me as the runner, which is just totally blew me away. He was just like, Hey, do you have pictures of you running? I could use just kind of like his inspiration. And he just put me up there. So I got super lucky to be part of like history i guess in terms of being on a mural here um doing a ventum ride on thursday for ventum bikes i'm doing a bus tour for vips for two and a half hours wednesday thursday and friday i'm going to be on the ironman broadcast participating not as like a you know standalone commentator but i'll be with greg welch a bit kind of talking on the via on the i guess not the vip platform but whatever we're going to do i don't even know yet but that's about it just tons of odds and ends and being a point point of uh connecting people that's like the main thing i do well in this world is bring people together unreal thanks for asking and then um the bus tours how many of those like who's that for is it for age groupers no it's for vip well whoever's like oh, Ironman vip so uh, the schedule is basically just like a full bike and run course preview it's only two and a half hours long so it's not going to take up like all day but I'll just kind of explain to the VIP, whoever they are, um, everything about the course from an athlete's perspective. Um, and then I, I got invited to do an all, all world athlete speech with Mark Allen, Dave Scott, and someone else. I, f- I think it might've been one of the other legends, but I couldn't make it cause I was doing the bus thing and that's a bummer, but I would love to be on that panel. I just couldn't do it. So the only thing that Nick hasn't figured out with being able to do so much shit is to actually duplicate himself so he can do two things, different places at the exact same time. And I think he's close. Like, he's probably going to figure it out. If anybody is, it'll be Nick. Yep. I've 
after this week, well, I'm still training during the week and swimming and earlier and biking and stuff. So I, I need to get ready for chatty 70.3 as well. So I'll be hitting the hyperbaric chamber. That's the other thing I've been having a bunch of team meetings. So it's good for the real tri squad. Cause I'm making some good connections for, I'm starting now to work on stuff for next year, which is something I had to learn last year because we're still a little behind. Well, I don't know how you do it, dude. Uh, I'm going to have to really reorganize things and plan for more rest. Cause this is the first couple of weeks where I've been like, I can't, I just can't, I need to focus more on like, I, I really want my legacy to be more of sports performance, not all this other stuff. So ultimately my main focus is still, I'm probably gonna have to transition to focusing solely on long distance Ironman above 70.3s just cause 35 the odds are everyone's just getting exponentially faster coming up into 70.3. So I need to make sure my 240 marathon is stellar and just be able to be an Ironman champion. That's really what I had to focus on for the next three, four years. So that's really what I had a realization after seeing Anthony's. <laughs> like, yeah, well, the freaking people are fast, man. It's tough. Like it's, uh, you got to up the game because everyone is, and you just, you take like I was just thinking about this the other day. You take any anyone, I I'd say. I mean, I I, I can't really speak on the women's side because obviously I don't race in that, and I haven't really had a close look at the changes. And I know they're getting better as well. But on the men's side, if you take anyone in the top, probably 30, 40, even fifty rank, and you just go back ten years and put them in any race, they're just going to destroy everyone. Like it's not even close anymore. Even and three years, you've learned. Yeah. Yeah. Five years, probably even in three, it's, it's been a lot too. And it's just learning all the difference, like ways to get faster on a bike, like aerodynamically, the equipment's improved, rolling resistance improved and just better training methods. And I don't even think the training methods have gotten that much better. It's just, people are just, everyone's just learning how to push themselves and like pushing, like somebody sets the bar and then that's where the bar is. That's where you expect yourself. And then somebody goes higher and you expect it there and it just snowballs. It's pretty crazy to see. Um, um, and the young guys like coming up now are nuts. Like Magnus Ditlev. I don't know if we even talked about Texas, but like, Oh my God, that was insane. He would have won by a ton. If he wasn't up the side of the road for nine minutes with the slash tire and he ran two forty. like, and he's like 25 and he's not even known as a runner runs two forty. What about biked everyone by 10 minutes? Like, it's just crazy what he's doing. And then you've got like other guys like Mika Newt, this kid, like yeah, literally kid born in 2000, born in the year 2000. And he's running insanely fast wins with a good 70.3 beating like Johnny Brownlee and a bunch of really strong guys. And he ran 105. The course was short, but still it was like a 108 equivalent. It's just nuts. Like it's, uh, it's awesome. And it keeps the pressure on guys like, me and a bunch of others who've done pretty well in the sport just try to be able to keep up because those guys are coming and if we don't get better we're just gonna get left behind yeah europeans are stepping up the game and they're gonna be sticking it to us for sure um and i've always respected that i you know, having raced over there a little bit like i just realized the level of performance and they don't always make it over here until championship races when we see them so they're racing like that all the time we just don't see it it's crazy um, yeah it is a different level over there i I definitely agree with that. The depth is just a lot. Um, so changing gears real quick. What if I started doing, you know, you know, like that man with sign, 
um, thing that he just holds a sign up in the city and it just says random things everyone's thinking or just concepts that are make you think. You ever seen that stuff? I don't know. Maybe, probably. Well, well okay. So I think you're already doing too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to do that three hours a day now? Well, all we'd have to do is get three cardboard cutouts and just go to a race and I'm already there. What if I just finished the race and I just held up a sign that was like, oh, comma, you got your steps in today, question mark. Just like those random signs or like even controversial ones where I was like, I bet I don't even, I can't even say this. I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> um, but got a Patreon to see, to hear what Nick was going to say. Yeah. Um, but, and then also since I was flying and there's no ma- mask mandates anymore on USA flights, I was thinking about shirts I wanted to make. Like it had a mannequin of with like a face with a shirt on it or i mean a, not a shirt but a face mask on it versus the just common sense and then like who's who wins like the bottom like mask versus because you know, what why are you wearing it now what what are you doing why i don't know i want to ask them like what's up why but we just lost 20 percent of our <laughs> listeners <laughs> i don't know it's a, it's a legit question i just want to know is it just because you're you're committed and not done? What's it? When is the air going to be good enough? Is the question. Um, yeah, probably never. For have you seen the actual like tests that they're doing on the air, like in the airplanes, and Dude. how it's like better air quality than almost anywhere now? Yeah, it's amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. pretty crazy. The like, airplanes the airport, themselves, while while the air HEPA filters are going, it's the best air you could ever breathe. Yeah. So, Anyways, tangent, we don't need to go down that right. I just had some thoughts when I was like tired out of my mind and also just observing people and wondering why they make the decisions they do. Not criticizing, but just I'm curious. What was that um that thing that people used to take that was like just jacked with vitamin C? It's called like airborne or something. Oh yeah, airborne. Yeah. Before we used to fly when we were kids, my dad used to make us take that <laughs> yeah. stuff. And I'm like, wait, that does jack shit. You piss all of it out. You pee all the time. <laughs> yeah, then you're dehydrated on the flight, and then you get sick. <laughs> all right. Well, we should wrap this disaster up. Um, so, yeah. what do you guys think about um, Roe v. Wade? No, <laughs> I didn't realize that was happening until I looked at the news today. Jesus, this world can't find I, something to separate us anymore. Yeah. Uh, all right. I don't have any opinions. Yeah, let's not dig into that. I didn't even hear what you said because different different media. Let's just ride our bikes and swim a bit and run sometimes, and that's all we can do. Yeah. Yep. So, and I'm going to the Velodrome tomorrow. To do oh some yeah. Testing. Get some. Let me know how that new Sonic Jack Root kit tests versus your T-shirt. <laughs> It'll be faster. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. There'll be a YouTube video coming out on that. So stay who tuned for that. Test, who are you doing the testing with? We're just doing it ourselves. Just Velodrome like timer just different oh. trials like ryan power is going to come help out sean green has got the connection for me and they'll track time and stuff um and i'm having james cooper do the videography and yeah it's going to be awesome just we're going to test out baseline position a couple different extension positions like and a little bit lower see how that does hopefully test two kits we'll see how we have for time and then hopefully switching the extensions out completely from the standard ski bend that I have now to like the ones that Nick has where they're more up against your forearm. Um, Quick question though. Like 
how do you maintain consistency? Is it just power has to be exact or you're within a range? Does it matter? Yeah. Ideally you hold the exact power, um, but not necessarily required um, if you're off by water too. But the idea is you hold the same power, same position, do the test, see what the time took. And then I'm going to do probably three trials, hopefully per test to get rid of a little bit. Cause I'm, if I don't take the exact same line or move my head or something, um, and then you just do that with each change and well, hopefully well, what it's, if it's the power that's going to be super important. What if they just had, what if they had like a velodrome and you had an e-bike and the e-bike was just set to the same Watts or what if it was even just on a track that was free spinning or something? I don't know. Like an e-bike would probably do it. Right. Yeah. But I want to test my bike, not an e-bike. Well, I know, but like, what if you had an e-bike that was like your bike, or you could put a motor on the wheel or the hub that would propel it at the same. Or I just go tomorrow and do what I can with what I got. You should figure <laughs> this out right now. Yeah. But this is like, when you do a one hour power, when you do like the one hour record and stuff, you're not allowed a power meter. The guys know their power based on the speed they're going. So they've all already. It's super out. consistent. That's the thing with Velodrome. It removes a lot of the variables. So if I can just hold the same power, and hold the same line you guys keep your yeah the line's gonna line. be that too so that there's a whole there's literally a possibility all the data becomes useless because i can't hold the same line in each trial is like so much variability that we don't see any differences so that's a possibility too but then we still just go and have fun on the track and make a video and just what's the tolerance that you would find acceptable between your range like two percent or well we'll see what the data shows like I, I think I'll be able to be pretty consistent. And even if it's like consistently not like aggressive on the line, if it's like, I'm just going up a little bit higher to have a, a bit of a less aggressive line, that's fine. But um, I mean, we'll see because I'm going to, I'm going to have, I'm going to send the data to my stepbrother who's like a physicist and statistician. And he knows how to do this stuff. He'll be able to calculate like if there's significant difference or not, like and use real math. Okay. Be like, Oh, this was significantly different than this setup versus not because if there's more variance within each setup than there is the changing between setups then it's just not going to be useful okay next episode we're going to talk about how this shit show went it's gonna be, <laughs> gonna be on youtube no he's not, it's not on the podcast though it's gotta get on mode okay we'll talk about it but i my guess is that there are going to be significant differences in between some of it, but between the smaller changes, like one of them, I'm just going to rotate my bars inward a bit and put my hands like this on top of each other. And I feel like there might be no difference between like small changes like that. So that's my guess. Yeah. I think you'll be able to see the big ones for sure. Like I think you should do bottle change areas too. Oh, actually there's nowhere to mount a bottle on that bastard. So never mind. Yeah, I'm not gonna change with the bottle, but I my hope the main thing I'm hoping is that the extensions change changes something. So that's something I can change really quick. Like if it helps saves me three watts to do use the new extensions or the old ones, even just keep them on, then that's a good good info. So are you gonna do tire PSI? No, because it's a track, you just leave it consistent with what you race on. And if you're actually riding on the track, you'd ride like 160. Um, yeah. So I'll just leave it at my normal whatever okay well i'm done asking questions since i have a, a brain that works and i'm curious <laughs> that's debatable oh. all, right. <laughs> all, right. all right we gotta sign this right. off i gotta go
Yeah, and I got to edit this tonight. So let's, uh, before it gets too long, let's shut her down. All right, Daryl, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being part of this uh, lovely team. Um, Check us out on YouTube. Check Jackson's YouTube. Check Garrick's YouTube. Check Nick's OnlyFans. Check my OnlyFans. Yeah, Nick's OnlyFans. (laughs) At MFN. MFN. Don't even say. Anyways, (laughs) until next time. Peace. Out. I got ish to do. Flying through the sky in my parachute. Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise. On a one man mission, trying to see it through.